All You Need to Know, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that prepares you for the day's business. Good morning and happy Friday to you. This is the All You Need to Know podcast on Bloomberg Quint and I'm Alex Matthew. Today is the 13th of November. It's also Dhanteras, so I hope that the acquisitions you make today prove useful and profitable to you. Let's start with the top news. There were a couple of important updates on the economy last evening. India's factory output rose after six months of decline in September, led by higher power generation and mining activity. The index of industrial production grew 0.2% year-on-year in September, compared with a revised contraction of 7.36% in August. That's according to data released by the Ministry of Statistics and Program Implementation. This compares with a contraction of 1.9% forecast by 34 economists polled by Bloomberg. Meanwhile, India's retail inflation has jumped to the highest in more than six years as prices of vegetables and pulses soared. Consumer price index inflation stood at 7.61% in October compared with 7.27% in September, according to data released by the Ministry of Statistics and Program Implementation. A Bloomberg poll of 38 economists had pegged the retail inflation number at 7.3% for October. Food inflation stood at 10.16% in October compared with the previous reading of 9.8%. Core inflation, meanwhile, rose to 5.47%, which is the highest in at least a year. The worrying bit here is that retail inflation has now stayed above the band within which the RBI's Monetary Policy Committee is mandated to maintain it for seven straight months. Now, if you tuned in to what was announced by the Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman last afternoon, you'll know about the stimulus measures that were introduced in a bit to spur the economy. You'll find details on the 12 new measures within Atmanirapar 3.0, as it is being called, on the website BloombergQuint.com. Now, according to economists that Bloomberg Quint spoke to, these measures will entail a near-term spend of about 0.5 to 0.6% of India's GDP, with some of it likely to spill over into the next financial year. And they see benefits accruing over the medium term with limited impact in the current financial year. India's coronavirus infections have risen by nearly 48,000 in the 24 hours to 8 a.m. yesterday. That has taken the total tally to over 86.8 lakh. India's daily additions have fallen significantly at a time when several other countries, especially the US and other countries in Europe, are dealing with fresh spikes. In international news, Donald Trump has signed an order prohibiting U.S. investments in Chinese firms determined to be owned or controlled by the country's military, the latest bid by the White House to pressure Beijing over what the president has described as abusive business practices. China is increasingly exploiting U.S. capital for the development and modernization of its military, intelligence and other security apparatuses, according to the executive order. In international markets, U.S. stocks ended lower with all three averages losing ground. The three early rises in the Asia-Pacific region have also started in the red. And with that, it's over to Hormuz Fatakia for the trade setup for the day in India. Good morning, Hormuz. How are we looking at the end of the week? 
Good morning to you, Alex, and to our listeners as well. The eight-day rally for India's benchmark indices has taken a pause. Now, Thursday's decline was the first instance in the month of November that the Sensex and the Nifty closed in the red. Now, whether that was an aberration or we have paused for good, at least for the time being, is a question I'm sure many are seeking an answer to. For now, the SJX Nifty is trading 120 points lower, around the 12,620 mark. The specific stocks then, some encouraging words from Aisha Motors' Siddharth Lal, who said that booking numbers are now ahead of pre-COVID levels. Lal said that demand has been healthy and that the revival in consumer sentiment has resulted in a robust order book for the company. The company's CV segment, however, continues to remain under pressure, with the bus business being the worst impacted. The company's operational performance was ahead of consensus estimates. Now, although Grasim's operating performance for the September quarter declined year-on-year, it was ahead of analyst expectations. But the bigger news here is that the company has approved the sale of its fertilizer business to Indorama India on a slump sale basis for a cash consideration of 2,650 crore rupees. The fertilizer business contributed nearly 3.5% to the overall revenue. The company has also revised its FY21 CAPEX guidance higher to 1,852 crore rupees. Now, Sun TV's margins for the September quarter improved owing to lower operating expenses, while profits were hit due to higher taxes. Subscription revenue for the quarter saw double-digit growth, rising 14% from last year to 427 crore rupees. Now, Phoenix Mills reported a much wider net loss as compared to that projected by analysts. Other operating parameters too were below consensus estimates. The company says that consumption across major malls has reached 85% of last year's levels. A strong quarter for Mahanagar Gas, net profit nearly quadrupled from the previous quarter, while net sales too were up over two and a half times quarter on quarter. Total volumes were up 86% from the previous quarter due to easing of lockdown restrictions. ONGC and Tata Steel will be the two index names coming out with numbers today. Non-index names reporting results include Apex Frozen Foods, Equitas Holdings, Graphite India, Suntech Realty, Valiant Organics and India Bulls Real Estate. Speaking of India Bulls Real Estate, Rakesh Junjunwala's Rare Enterprises has acquired 1.1% stake in the company at 57 rupees a share. The stock ended 14% higher in Thursday's session, its biggest single-day gain since May 2019 to end at a two-month high. Reliance Industries has agreed to make a capital contribution of $50 million in breakthrough energy ventures. The said investment will be made in tranches over the next 8 to 10 years and will be subject to approval from the Reserve Bank of India. The board of Camlin Fine Sciences has approved setting up an additional plant at the hedge with a production capacity of 6,000 metric tons. The plant will be used to manufacture ethyl vanillin and allied products. The projected cost for the same is pegged at 135 crore rupees. Inox Leisure has closed its QIP issue on Thursday. The board has approved an issue price of 255 rupees a share, which is a 3% discount to the floor price. Gaja Group, ICICI Prudential, CDC Group and Maple BV are some of the fund houses that have received allotment of shares from RBL Bank on a preferential basis. It has raised 1,566 crore rupees from this issue. And that's all from me this week. A big thank you to all our readers and listeners who tune in to listen to me and Alex every morning. I wish you all a very, very happy Dhanteras, a very happy and joyous and prosperous Diwali and New Year ahead. With that, it's back to you, Alex, and a happy Diwali to you as well. Wish you a very happy Diwali as well, Hormuz. And to you, dear listener, let me add my wishes to you too.
I hope you have a joyous celebration and a fantastic new year ahead. Have a lovely weekend. This is Alex Matthews signing off. I hope you enjoyed listening to All You Need to Know. Did you know that you can listen to this show on the IVM Podcast app? On the IVM Podcast app, along with this, we have a number of other shows which you think you'll enjoy. Listen to Cyrus Says with Cyrus Brocha as the host. Listen to Pesa Vesa with Anupam Gupta. The Scene and the Unseen with Amit Varma or Shunya One hosted by Shiladiti Mukhopadhyay and myself. Check out the IVM Podcast app to get more talk content that you will enjoy.